on my belief on mediumship is anyone can tune into the frequency of mediumship and get information mediumistically. Some mediums don't believe that, but for me, I believe that it's just turning the dial. You know, there's an intuition dial and then there's a, a mediumship dial. And I feel like it's just turning into a different, becoming aware of it. Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. My name is Tina Conroy. I am so grateful you are here. If you have found me, you are a seeker of spiritual growth. I honor your journey. Thank you for listening. Today on the podcast, I am joined by my guest, Lindsay Marino. Lindsay Marino is an international psychic medium, radio host, and author. During her second day of teaching the third grade, she lost her fiance, Nick, in a tragic motorcycle accident. During this time, her heartache turned into a spiritual awakening. I am thrilled to have Lindsay on the podcast. Lindsay is my teacher, mentor, and friend. I belong to her mediumship mastery circle where other mediums share their gifts and encourage each other and connect. Lindsay shares her childhood, how it all began, and the tragedy after Nick how she now is a medium teaching other mediums to develop their intuition and their mediumship. You can find Lindsay on Instagram at Lindsay Marino Medium. Also, I will leave her programs below as well as her website. Feel free to reach out and connect with her. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, Lindsay, how are you today? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. I am so excited that you are here and I get to share you with my community. I can't wait to be a part of it. So I always like to start with taking us back. What were you like as a little girl and were you brought up spiritual, religious, or both? Okay, that's a really good question. Ever since I was a little girl, I was always known to be very quiet, but around the full moon, I was very moody. My mom always used to say, oh, I think the full moon's out because they could tell by my mood it would change. Um, but I love to swing on the swing set by myself. I was really observant and I used to have a lot of outer body experiences still throughout my life. Um, but more as a child, I had a lot of outer body experiences and I grew up Catholic. So I kind of put the pressure on myself really to make sure I wasn't sinning. You know, I, I had a thing where I was afraid that I would sin and I wanted to be a lot like um, St. Catherine of Siena. She used to pray on each stair step and say the Hail Mary. And I was very much into the saints and the angels and the Blessed Mother. That's so interesting because I, I was brought up religious and Catholic as well. I went to Catholic school for many, many years. So I'm a Catholic, you know, school product. And I, I love Catherine of Siena. Actually, she was one of my patron saints as well as St. Therese. Do you know St. Yes. Therese of Little Flowers? So you're bringing yes, up... with really, the roses. Yes. Amazing memory. So I love that. So when you say out of body, just in case someone's not really sure what that means, can you share a little bit of that? Yes. So it wasn't until I grew up in, to be an adult that I recognized what the outer body um, experience was. I used to call them flying dreams, but really I remember floating 
out from my bed, my bedroom when I was sleeping and floating above my grandma and my mother. And I saw them bringing in the groceries and I was so excited because it felt so freeing to fly. And I kept trying to wave at them, but they couldn't see me. And then I would float back into my bed and this would happen normally. Even I remember in high school that would happen. Um, one time I was homesick and it was at night and I floated down from my bedroom, from the top stairs step all the way to the bottom. And I looked around and I saw my family setting the table. I looked at the clock and then I floated back up to my bed. And then I woke up from my nap and I walked down the stairs and people were, they were just about to sit down to eat. And it was like a minute or two after I had seen the clock. So I, yeah, it was very interesting um, experience. And that happens all the way into adulthood or it started as a young child into your like high school years? It started when I was little and then I've had it off and on even now. I, I wish I could call it on demand and just leave my body and go different places because it's really interesting how it works. Um, I've kind of floated around to different places um, and it's very freeing, but I don't know when it's going to happen. So it'd be amazing to do that all the time. It's so interesting because you're reminding me again of when I was a child, I didn't, I couldn't decipher if it was a dream or if it was real. So I would wake up and literally have to remind myself, was this real? Wasn't real. And the only flying dream that I would have was we had a very big backyard and I remember running and flying and I would be above the grass and outside kind of floating and looking down. We had a pool at the time. We had a cabana and like a clubhouse and I was always outside and I was floating around our yard and kind of moving up. And it was so interesting, but I don't think I ever, gosh, I don't think I've ever had it in the same way you did where you were actually seeing the people in your home and seeing what was going on, like literally going on. Yeah, that's interesting. It's the same type of feeling that you described. It's exactly like that. Sometimes yeah. I would look down from the sky or be up and um, travel throughout cities. In my adult years, I remember seeing that more so. Um, but it's really interesting. It's so interesting. So take us a little further back. So you were brought up Catholic and connected to the saints. Did you go to church? Did you have a, a very formal upbringing? Yeah, I feel like I definitely went to church more so on the holidays, um, but I always went to CCD and I felt my, my, one of my grandmothers is very connected to the Catholic church, very connected where she didn't drink wine until she was 80 something because she found out from a priest that, you know, it wasn't a sin to have a glass of wine. Um, and then I had another grandmother that would attend church all the time, but she wants me to give her readings. So it's like, there's two different extremes there. My parents, when they were younger, they always went to church. But when we grew up, I feel like it wasn't an every Sunday thing. But I remember even in high school, when I got my license, I went to the church by myself when church wasn't in session to pray to the Blessed Mother. That was more of something that I liked to do to be alone with the Blessed Mother. Um, but I went to a public school. I didn't go to a Catholic school, but I just remember CCD being a huge part of my life. Like I loved learning about the saints big time. So it sounds like you already had that connection, um, as a young girl. And then as you even, even without being told to go to 
church or on the holidays, you felt a connection to that sacred space and that kind of continued, you know, onward. Yes. How did you, how did you, I mean, you know, there's so many people listening that may or may not know you. So how did you get to do what you do? So mm-hmm. you are now as a medium and a teacher, and I'm so excited to be in your mediumship mastery circle with other mediums and all the programs you have. So I know that there's a lot in between that. So can you share how that all started? Yes. And I love having you in that, in that group too. So I'm so happy. Teaching has always been my passion. So I actually went to college. My undergraduate and graduate degree was in education. So I went to become an elementary school teacher and I taught in an inner city school. I taught third grade for seven years. Um, But it was my second year of teaching that my whole life really flipped upside down and all of my plans to retire as a teacher ended up changing after the years. And that was because someone that I was dating at the time, his name's Nick. We had these plans of the future and um, we were excited about all the things coming up. We were supposed to meet up the second day that I was teaching the third grade and we were going to babysit for a family friend and he didn't show up that day. He was supposed to ride his motorcycle to meet me because I was coming from work and he passed away in a motorcycle accident. And that's when everything, you know, all these plans in my head completely shifted and I started to receive signs and messages from him and saw him at the foot of my bed and had visitations where I saw his soul and he would give me messages. And he still comes to me in different ways today. Wow. What a, I mean, talk about an absolute shock and life change. Did you, did you ask to speak with him? Did you open up to, you did. Okay. I, I felt like when he passed away, I remember feeling like he was right there. If you could imagine kind of standing in a grocery line and you feel like someone's standing close behind you and you want to turn around and look, that's how close he felt to me. I would be driving in the car and I felt like he, you know, if he was sitting there, his hand would be, you know, on my, on my right leg, like normal and hanging out in the car. And I kept feeling him. So I would talk to him And I would say, if you're really here, do this. And so it's like, I knew that he was trying to get my attention. At the time, I actually was in fear mode where I didn't believe in connecting with past loved ones. I really didn't know much about it. I thought it was a sin to go to a psychic and the mediumship stuff. I really didn't know much about it. And I thought, is he trying to tell me he's stuck in purgatory? You know, that was my thought. I have to pray him into a good space. Now it's total opposite. I don't believe in that at all. Um, But that's kind of how it started happening. I was talking to him and communicating and I was feeling like he was trying to communicate with me and that's how it started. You know, I can understand that because, you know, bringing up, you know, being brought up similarly, it's this, you know, are you in purgatory? Are you in hell? Are you in heaven? And we're in in the Catholic church, which is the institution is about not doing readings and it's sinful and, you know, it's bad and all those things. So I can see you thinking or, oh my goodness, I have to save him or pray for him to mm-hmm. get out of this bad place that we call purgatory, which is so silly now that, you know, you and I do this, yes. but it's, it, I can I know. a little bit, you know, you know, what can I do? So exactly. 
the more and more you spoke to him, the more that he communicated with you, the more messages you got. When was it that you truly knew that he was communicating with you? And because I get this a lot, sometimes I'll do I'll do a lot of intuitive work with with people. And matter of fact, just today I was speaking with someone and they said, I get a message, but I don't know what to do with it, or I don't know if it's real. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that'll be tuning in that have, you know, that are intuitives, are mediums, want to be a lot of Reiki masters and Reiki practitioners listen and intuition really gets heightened when they start to do that work. So yes. when was that when was that turn that you knew that this was something you were going to accept or adopt and and do something with? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it was I kept bargaining with him in a way. <laughs> I'm like, if you're really here, then you have to do this. And then it would be done. And then I would say, if you're really here, then send me three yellow butterflies. And then it was there. So it's like, I would do these things to test it out. Um, and what I found was everything was happening. And then I said, well, if you're really here, send me a psychic medium to confirm this. And that's how I got the confirmation. I had been watching Lisa Williams's show, Life Among the Dead. She was on Lifetime for Women. It was a, it's a medium um, who later ended up becoming my teacher too. And she had a show where she'd give readings live or on television on, on a TV series. And the show really opened my heart up to think, wow, this is really happening. I'm really receiving these messages. And so that's when I said the prayer send me a psychic medium. And a friend of mine who's a skeptic went out to lunch with the, with a man um, that was a lawyer. He was actually doing his website, but the lawyer was really tuned into the other side after his grandfather passed. And Nick started coming through that man and giving messages to my friend. And then he gave it to me. So it's like I had said the prayer and probably that day or the next day, that's when he said, I have to talk to you in person. And I said, I already know what it's about. It has to be something about Nick, um, you know, the person that had passed away. And, and he said, how do you know that? And I said, oh, I just said a prayer, but tell me what you want to say. And he came with a notebook and showed me different things that were written down, you know, that he had received. So it was confirmation in that way for me. And then in my mind, I was doing it for reasons for myself where I wanted to connect with Nick. But then after I realized how healing it was to know that our loved ones don't really die, they're actually still very much alive and they're around us and they're okay. That's when I said, I want to help other people. And all these situations started coming up. But Reiki was a huge pivotal moment for me with that because a, a friend of mine gave me Reiki and it opened things up. So you received a treatment or you... Yes. Okay. Share a little bit of that because I talk a okay. lot about on the show about Reiki and there are a lot of people that are really opening themselves up to Reiki more and more. And the, you know, if I said it five years ago, it was what now they're understanding it more and more and more and more people are doing it for self-care, self-healing, as well as getting treatment. So yeah. did you go for a treatment after the loss? And there must've been, because Reiki helps so much on a deep level, especially with loss. Yeah, it really does. Well, I didn't even know what it was. And a friend of mine from college, her name's Melissa. She's a Reiki master and she does yoga. And I remember seeing her and she's like, can I do something for you? I said, whatever you want. I don't care what you do because I was in a deep, 
deep depression. I was just getting out of bed to teach the third graders. And she said, okay, I'm going to do something called Reiki. And then I said, what's Reiki? And she's like, I'll show you. It's an energy healing and it kind of moves your stagnant energy. So I just sat there and allowed her to do it for me. And I really, I remember experiencing the heat tingles when someone, when she was giving me Reiki and I'm like, I want to do more of this. I want to learn more about it. So I went to a Reiki circle where you go and you sit around in a circle and you can send Reiki. And I remember sending Reiki with my eyes to someone across from me. That was the the exercise in the moment. And they said, if you pick up anything intuitively, even if it doesn't feel like it's just your imagination, tell the person. And I remember looking at the girl across from me sending healing energy. And I said something to do with a baby. And I don't know if it was an anniversary, but something to the effect like a baby's okay or whatever it was. And the the girl that was receiving the Reiki, I think she had a a miscarriage and it was the same exact day that was the anniversary and it was confirmation for her. And that's when I started to get confirming information that, wow, something's coming through for, for this. And those situations kept on happening. It's interesting how spirit uses us for validation, isn't it? Yes. I it's always, like I needed that, you know? It's so true. I Even to this day, even doing this work and I get a sign or I... Matter of fact, just the other day, my sister was texting me and with all the, the typos, you know, you'll write something and you all of a sudden you'll look at the text and say, I didn't write that or it'll do this strange thing. So she's writing me this text and she clearly made a mistake on what she wrote. But for whatever reason, she put, you know, my spirit animal is the hawk you know, the bird, the hawk. And yes. she was writing this whole thing that had nothing to do with it. And it said hawk. And then she went, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Typo, I mean this. And I said, no, you didn't mean that. That was a message for me because wow. I always speak to hawks or if I see a hawk, it's always, you know, my questions, am I right on the right path or decisions I should make? And I, when I got that text, it was so perfect. She goes, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I wrote Hawk. And I'm like, no, it's right there in the text. So I love the messages that come through all the time. I love that. That's so confirming. Just that's the same type of thing that's so powerful. It's funny because I have a connection to Hawks too. (laughs) I feel connected to, to Hawks, which is interesting. I didn't realize it until the past few years. But yeah, it's very interesting how it can, and technology can be used. I know Nick, I was just daydreaming about this the other day after he passed um he had sent me a facebook message before he died i think it was on august 18th and he died on the 21st the day that he died or the day after is one of those moments i got a notification from facebook and at the time i was getting email notifications the moment they came in they never came after it was always in the moment and i had already received a message for that message the days before and i got it after he died and those types of things were happening after he passed too. It's very interesting how technology can be used from the spirit realm. Absolutely. So now you have, so with all the work and all the, so now you have the validation, you reached out and you connected with a teacher. And yes. then, so, because some people will say like, I have this. So you were able to put it to form and product and now not only do you give readings, but you teach people to do this work. So how is that evolution? Because not it's almost like some people can give Reiki or teach yoga, but now it's that next level of, well, I'm going to share for people to do this work. And, and I, 
I know what an amazing teacher you are and the circles and the programs that you've created, but how did, how did you get to that evolution? Because not everybody may feel that's their calling or may feel that that's their next step. So what was the evolution yeah. for that of, you know, going from doing readings or feeling that into, you know, you're doing both now? Right. So it's funny because at first I kept on feeling like I wasn't supposed to accept money for my readings, which is crazy. But a lot of the students that come into my psychic medium business class, they say the same thing. I don't feel right charging what I'm worth. You know, that's like the thing. And I remember being concerned about charging because I thought, oh, this, I'm putting this in quotes, this is a gift. You know, you have a gift you use it? And then I started to just really get thinking and talking to other, um, to another person that I was doing a radio show. Um, I was calling to get information about a radio show and we got talking and we got talking about how musicians get paid to play at concerts, even though they're having fun and they're using their ability to play, it's still their time and energy and they could touch more people. So that's when I started to think, okay, I need to charge for this because I was doing it for free for years. And I wasn't confident in doing the readings at the beginning. I thought it was more intuitive information and then spirit will kind of pop in. And what I started to recognize that over time, the belief started to build up and people started to contact me for readings. So I started charging. And then from there, things got so busy where I left my teaching job after seven years. I gave myself like a two-year window. So I said, okay, next year... I'm going to switch schools to make it a little bit easier while I'm doing my readings on the weekends and the nights. And then the next year, I'm going to stop teaching. So it it evolved that way. Um, It was a little bit of a process to think, okay, because I didn't plan on doing this for a living. I thought that it... I thought I was just taking classes to connect in with Nick. That's really what I wanted to do. And then I started to realize that I, I wanted to learn more about it to help other people. So it was like a building of different things. Um, And then with the teaching aspect, I found myself just naturally, I love teaching because I've done it for so long. And people would ask me, how can I tune into my intuition? And it started with intuition classes. And then it led to intuition mentoring. And then from there, my intuitive um, students were connecting in with spirit and spurts. So then from there, I created the mediumship programs. So it's been kind of interesting how just it's like little stepping stones leading to that point. Yeah, no, it's definitely evolution. I, I feel like I always, I always talk about that we come to this journey in different ways, like a spiritual journey or the spiritual awakening. And for me, it was my first gateway was, was yoga. So I was a young mom at 29. I had two kids by 29. I felt very alone. I didn't have, you know, a connection. I was, you know, stay-at-home mom, so very lucky, but I was missing that. And so, and, you know, not to talk about my childhood and intuitive things, and we all are intuitive, but there was a fear there also because of the whole church thing. And when I started to practice yoga for myself, there was something, there was something that opened up. There was something that sort of drew me in, drew me in and drew me out, you know, at the same time spirit. And then from there, I walked into my first Reiki circle. And then from there, you know, and it kind of kept evolving. And each time, you know, I had, I had a reading years ago, um, 
he was a Vedic scholar. So he did like a Vedic chart, of, you know, one of the, one of these charts. And he said, you know, yoga was safe for you for spirit to open, but Reiki was your doorway in. So it was almost like, I remember going to him and this was years ago. And he said, you're going to be doing readings and, you know, you'll be doing intuitive readings. And I looked at him like, absolutely not. Like this was the worst thing anyone could say because I would be, I was so afraid. I was just so afraid anybody would know. And when I look back on that same reading and he's like, nope, you're going to do it. People are going to come to you. It's going to become part of your lifestyle and you're going to help people and heal people in this particular way, whatever. And it's, it's just so interesting how we have a gateway. We have a doorway where yours may be one way, but it's that spiritual kind of spiritual growth, that opening, that awareness. And we all get there a certain way and how it develops. It's, it's unknown, but it's also yeah. exciting, right? <laughs> That's so true. It is. Everyone has that little door. I've seen like Reiki. Some of my students were massage therapists or they, they're a nurse or a hairdresser. The people that work with, with a lot of humans, they, their heart opens up and then they get these messages, but then they think, oh, can I even do this work? Am I even a medium? You know, what if I didn't have signs as a child or I'm just interested in this? And I feel like just being interested in it is a huge thing because see, my belief on mediumship is anyone can tune into the frequency of mediumship and get information mediumistically. Some mediums don't believe that, but for me, I believe that it's just turning the dial you know, there's an intuition dial and then there's a, a mediumship dial. And I feel like it's just turning into a different, becoming aware of it. It's so interesting because that's exactly what I was going to ask you, because I know there is a controversy with that, that some people say, well, yeah, we can all be intuitive, but there are people that have a gift. And so you can only, some people do yeah. not believe you can develop your intuition, nor do they believe that you can develop your mediumship and you're, you're stating otherwise. And yeah. so you have seen that that's not the case. Yes. I I remember having a student coming to me and we're going back on emails. I don't know if there were eight emails back and forth because she's like, I really want to take your, your program, but I don't know. I think I'm just intuitive, but I don't think I'm a medium. And she was asking questions and I'm all about, you know, if your heart's guiding you, there's a reason, but also not to push anyone, you know, they have to feel that nudge. But she was like, I'm afraid to take it because what if I don't get any information or what if I'm not the right level or what if I start picking up on bad things? So these are the fears that come through. And I start to realize there are a lot of students that come in like that. Um, and they think, you know, anyone else can do it, but not me. And with that same girl that came in by the, the end middle of the first class, she was tuning into other people's past loved ones because all it is, is, it's tuning into that frequency and being guided on that path, you know? So it's just, it's almost like the same side of your brain that uses imagination, which you already know, but people that are listening just so that it's in an easy way of explaining it. It's just like using your imagination in a different way, you know, but it's reality of the spirit realm. And it was amazing to see her, you know, when I watch the students unfold with these, abilities that they're shocking themselves, but really we all have it within us. And you probably see that with your students too, where you're like, I, it makes you happy to see it taking place. It, you know, it really does. When I work, you know, I, I kind of say like intuitive coaching, cause I feel like 
we have to, and that's kind of the phrase I've used because to, to keep tapping in intuition and, and it even how this, I've been podcasting for a couple of years. This is my second show. And when I got the download to even call it the intuitive woman, it was a, I was scared. It was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm putting it out to the world that I'm an intuitive person. And you know, who am I to stake that name? But it was also staking it and, and claiming it to spirit world and to the world at large that I do have the confidence as well as and I work with women that women have the confidence to develop their intuition. But I am going to go back to one thing because I get this a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, um, and I'll just say women because I mostly work with women. A lot of women are afraid to tap into their intuition because something bad will happen. If they tap in, and I get this a lot, if they tap in and they know someone's going to die or they're going to know there's going to be a car accident or something very catastrophic, so they deny the work to do that. Yeah. And what what are some of your thoughts on that? Because oh I I get that a lot, and it's 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 a, it's a really big fear for a lot of people. Me, I get the same thing from people, the same exact thing. Where maybe at one point they were extra sensitive, and they would know if something, you know, a family member would get sick, and then they wanted to shut it down. So a lot of people are extra sensitive as children at times, and then they shut it down because they're afraid of feeling too much or seeing too much. So one of the things that I've come across is just training people to know that everything in life, you're going to see the good and the bad. Like if we focus on watching the news every second of the day, we're going to just see all negativity and worry about everything. But if we're focusing in on the beauty of nature and we're walking around, like I always spot hearts everywhere. I have a thing with hearts and smiley faces where ever since Nick passed, I've been seeing them. And even my husband, Tony, um, he sees them too. Cause, and that's a side note, but Tony and Nick were childhood friends and we didn't meet until after Nick passed. So four years after he passed, that's when I met my husband now, but him and I will spot these things. And I think it comes back to the intuitive sense where we could focus on just knowing that we can receive negative things. But really, if we shift our focus and know that we actually, it's so exciting. We can actually receive guidance with our life to continue to have faith and see the signposts like, okay, you're on the right track. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad things. So for me, I always receive guidance, you know, for the intuitive things. No, I love that. I love the way you you said that because you're right. We can focus on the bad, can focus on the bad, the news and all the challenging, difficult things, or we can open ourselves up to the positive. And, And it's similar to, I get this a lot with Reiki also. They're like, well, what will happen if I start giving Reiki to someone, especially the people that have gone through my mentorship programs and they've become Reiki level two and Reiki master, and I'm going to get their energy or I'm going to get sick. And mm-hmm. it's, the, it's an intention thing and it's an energy. So if the intention, your intention is to have be clear vessel, Reiki, as we know, is clear coming through. So you're not giving your energy at all. And yes. you're focusing on the positive always for the highest good. So you're clear, you're a clear channel. Your energy is your energy. Their energy is their energy. They're not going to give you anything that they have or walk away. There should be some clearing and cleansing rituals that we all do. But it's it's I never worry about that. So it's interesting. It's sort of a very similar it is. Uh, thought process. Yeah. Same exact thing. That's what I feel. 
and I think that that actually just knowing you don't have to fear anything when you're doing this work, or even like if you're intrigued in the work and you want to learn more about it, having that piece where the fear is going away will make your learning just speed up even more because you're kind of moving out of your own human way and not worrying about every anything and just knowing that it's so beautiful and loving when we're doing this work. So I want to share with the listeners, where can people find you, your social media channel, your website, and then any uh, programs that you're coming up. I did know, uh, I did mention earlier, so you, listeners, that I am in the Mediumship Mastery Circle, which is just a beautiful, beautiful circle. We, we have an online, beautiful group. Um, I'm so glad to be part of Lindsay's group and other mediums to share and to connect. And it's just amazing. But she has other programs as well. So... Do you have anything coming up? Anything that's open enrollment? Yes. So I actually have um, a mediumship mentoring program. It's a group mentoring program. It's called Unlock Your Inner Medium, the foundation level. And this is for people that are interested in mediumship. Maybe you've never taken a class before. Maybe you've taken one class before. Or maybe you're a psychic and you want to get information more how to lead you in to mediumship. That's the class for, for you. There's 10 spots available and there's a couple spots left. So it only takes 10 students at a time in that group. Um, and that's coming up September 16th, but you can sign up now. If you go to lindsaymarino.com and hit the tab that says courses, then you'll see unlock your inner medium. And then the other form of unlock your inner medium is the next level program. And that's for mediums that have taken mediumship workshops before they've given mediumship readings and they want to take their mediumship to the next level where you're in a group and, you know, people that have been a medium for 30 years is in that group or people that are, you know, going into doing some mediumship readings and intuitive readings are in the group. So there's different ranges. And if you ever have any trouble saying, thinking, okay, which one is for me, then you can always reach out to me. But that is coming up September 12th, which is just around the corner. And there's some other self-study classes on my website too. And I'm going to leave all the information in the show notes. I'll leave uh, Lindsay's website and the links to the two programs and also your social media. Now, where do you mostly hang out? Where do you like to hang out? So, okay. So Facebook is a big place, but really I also want to be more active on Instagram. So Instagram and Facebook. So Lindsay Marino is the Facebook page, um, the public page. And then on Instagram, it's Lindsay Marino medium. So you'll see different posts about that. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for everything that's coming up too. So I kind of always close with, and this whole conversation has been about intuition, but I kind of close with what is one thing, and I know there's probably many for you, but what is one recent intuitive hit or intuitive aha that you've acted on? Oh, that's a good one. Well, I feel like, I guess I would say cabin. So we were traveling for two months and I felt like we needed to go someplace like the next step. And Tony and I, my husband, he's very intuitive too. We kept on feeling, I remember him saying, I just want to be in the woods in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, me too. We could just do that. So it sounds so little, but both of us were imagining being in a cabin 
we listened to it and it was an amazing experience, very eye-opening to be in the middle of the woods in a cabin. That's something that's so little. Um, but there's other situations. I feel like it was for my business too, with the mediumship mastery circle. I was on a bike ride with my husband and stuff started to flood through. Usually when I create a program, it's because it's either channeled or I'm getting a message that I have to do it. And that was that membership was a big thing um, from getting information that I had to do. I love it. It's so great. Yes. And also you have a podcast. So share with the yes. listeners the podcast. Yes. So it's the Lindsay and Tony podcast. It's all about spirituality, life, business. And Tony and I, we do that every week. So that's on my website too. And we're on iTunes and um, Podbean. So it's a video podcast. We're on YouTube too. I love it. Well, I could continue to talk to you all yes, day. It's so exciting to talk to you. So thank you so much. I know that the listeners are going to get so much information and you're sharing your story as well as reach out to you, contact her, find Lindsay on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, check out her program. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Tina, for having me. I love being on here. It went by so quick. I know. Namaste. Have a beautiful day. What a great conversation with Lindsay. I hope you enjoyed it. So let's keep the conversation going. Connect with me on Instagram at The Intuitive Woman and let me know what you thought of the show. Also, show me some podcast love. Share a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. This way more people will find my show and share spiritual growth. Have a beautiful day. Namaste. Namaste.